You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wilderness Podcast is episode 50 for the first time in live in Technicolor. Technicolor on the big screen. Live. Ooh, live. Okay. So how do we get out of the screen here? Let's stop sharing. So there we are. That's Jonathan and I'm Tim. This is Jonathan there and there's Howard the Duck poster and his Back to the Future poster. Yeah. I know, I know Justin's jealous. <laughs> All right. So uh, if he ever listens to the show, who knows? All right. Well, let's just dig into some with some fact check there. Fact check. Well, the only thing that I could come up with for fact check, it's been a while since we've uh, we've recorded. Uh, yeah. We took a little bit of a summer hiatus since we all had uh, places to go and things to do and uh, it was a little dry sci-fi wise yeah. uh it was pointed out by our number one fan that uh we talked about the cats trailer in mm-hmm. the last episode when we were doing our trailer orama mm-hmm. and uh, we never actually circled back and talked about how damn bad that cats trailer was i didn't so. watch it that's how bad it was yeah it was i could just imagine how bad it would be right it was maybe the dumbest thing i've ever seen <laughs> put to film and i've seen a lot of bad movies over the years right right but it looks epically, tragically like I'm embarrassed for those participating bad. So yes, that was all we have for a fact check. We did uh, we did not circle back on on cats. Uh, good luck to that movie. I hope it does well because <laughs> it looks like it's going to need some help. All right, all right. Well, let's dig in some some stuff here. Um, we we have a lot of catching up to do. So can we just whip through these real quick? Yeah, I just there was a, a few things that I thought we should probably touch base on because we hadn't really talked about them so far. So uh, I wanted to. <laughs> well, you got we got one posted here behind about Spider-Man is out of the MCU thanks to Disney slash Sony standoff. Yeah, and the follow-up item to that is, no, wait, he's back. So uh, we haven't recorded in so long. We actually literally circled all the way around from Spider-Man has left the MCU thanks to a standoff. Oh, no, wait, they've actually come back to the table and and settled that. So uh, that was a big kerfuffle. And, uh, you know, we probably would have made many mountains out of that little molehill, but uh, they've got it all straightened out. And apparently for at least least one more picture, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man picture, and then apparently at least one other MCU movie, we're going to get Spider-Man back in the MCU, which is great news. Cool. Uh, obviously, uh, a fun character and, and 
deserves to be part of the MCU. It's a shame that there's this this weird uh, business arrangement that, that leaves them out hanging out oh. there. But. Okay, and by the way, it's episode 50 in case I end up cutting the, in- the actual introduction. Oh, by the way, welcome to episode 50. I'm Tim Mitra and I'm in Toronto, Ontario. And I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline in Mr. and Mississauga, Ontario. Hey, hello, hey, everybody. Woo-hoo! All right, cool. Now I can stop sharing. All right, so back to back to uh, where we were. Where do we leave off? We guess we can talk about Disney Plus, right? Yeah, Disney Plus. So uh, we also got some news, uh, sort of late in the summertime, about uh, Disney Plus. They had their D Disney had its D twenty three conference uh, mm-hmm. out there in Anaheim, and they dropped another bunch of uh, new shows on us, which is exciting. So we got uh, three new Marvel shows that are going to be on Disney Plus. We got Moon Knight, we got right. Ms. Marvel, and we got She Hulk, all of which really interesting potential series, and we also got confirmation that they're finally going to circle back and do <laughs> obi-wan kenobi on disney plus uh, starring ewan mcgregor oh really so, wow yeah wow. so definitely some exciting news there um That's i'm a, a fan of all those comic book characters and obi-wan so i'm excited for this uh, this is just becoming like the no-brainer purchase of the year buying disney plus on for like seven or eight years we can actually watch him age into alec guinness right that's right so eventually he's just going to go full gray and it won't matter yeah yeah um in in other new news mm-hmm. we got uh news that they're making Wait, are we, are, i'm still in the new news or the old news no this is the new news we've got a couple more new newish news well relatively no we're not in the newer news we're in the old in the old new news, new news. yeah the, the big new news uh big okay. old news all right matrix four we're getting a matrix part four Keanu reeves carrie ann moss and uh one of the wachowski sisters is going to come back and do wachowski a matrix sisters? Part four. uh yes well the the brothers have both transitioned so they are both uh um, oh i'm sorry both identified women now okay so lana is going to come back and uh this is why we shouldn't be doing video because you know yeah <laughs> too bad <laughs> so sad. um yeah so that's pretty exciting uh again yeah. i'm i'm curious to see how they come at this obviously uh, the franchise left on mm-hmm. a bit of a weird note with uh the emancipation of the humans under the robots but mm-hmm. then also the seeming death of yeah. those two characters not too big of a spoiler from a movie from like 20 years ago but two characters are we talking about uh well uh, neo and trinity oh so they died they they died at the end of that oh. so that's kind of weird well maybe james cameron's bringing them back uh wait that's a different franchise a <laughs> uh, couple other quick ones uh krypton the movie uh the movie the tv show on sci-fi got canceled mm-hmm. uh and that took krypton with uh that took uh, the lobo series that they were talking about doing with it they're not going to do either of those anymore lobo sorry i didn't catch me up. lobo is a very popular 1990s dc comics character uh sort of wolverine from space kind of mm-hmm. uh deal and he had i guess a guest starred on the second season of krypton and they were saying well if he gets a good premiere then maybe they'll spin him into his own show they're going to do a pilot but apparently they've just gotten out of the krypton business entirely so that's gone uh we got news that kevin smith the famed director of clerks is going to be doing a masters of the universe revelation mm-hmm. anime series uh, on netflix he's uh, i've listened to a couple of his podcasts talking about yeah. that uh, very sounds very interesting sounds like they've got a really uh, passionate team of, of creators working on that so that could be really interesting. I'm not a huge uh, Master of the Universe fan, but I must admit I, I'm curious to see what they do with that. Mm-hmm. And the last little bit of old but interesting news was uh, late in August, we got news that CBS and Viacom were merging. Now, this is not always, you know, who really cares about corporate mergers, but this one is really impactful for a couple of reasons. These two companies used to be unified and then they separated in the early 2000s. Right. Bringing them back together is really kind of interesting because this is the rights holder of Star Trek on TV, and 
and the rights holder of Star Trek in movies. Mm -hmm. They had actually been separated. So those universes, the reason there's that whole Kelvin timeline and things are being completely different over the last three Star Trek films is related to that. Hmm. So they haven't said immediately what the impact of this is going to be, but it is actually pretty relevant for Star Trek fans because what it means is all of those properties, whether it's movie or television, are all under the same uh, ownership now. So if they decide they want to do an, an event where they merge those universes, if they want to do a big crossover, if they want to do, uh, you know, even just sharing those films on CBS All Access, right. they can now do that. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And that really opens up a potential next decade where we can see a really big expansion of the Star Trek franchise. So I'm I'm excited about that one. And also there was, you know, was it $28 billion, I think they said? Hmm. $28 billion in revenue combined between CBS and Viacom. Uh, this merger actually makes them bigger than Comcast, bigger than Warner, bigger than Fox, wow. bigger than Disney, um, as far as U.S. audience share. So this is the, the single biggest audience share in America right now is this new merged company. Oh, okay. So yeah, pretty cool. All right, let's get to the newer news. Newer news. All right, uh, the Joker movie. You and I, I haven't seen the Joker movie yet. I have seen the Joker movie. You saw the Joker movie without me, you bugger. Well, you didn't. You sounded like you didn't want to go. So. <laughs> I must admit, I I didn't really want to go. Yeah. So I will give you the news, and then you will tell me what you thought of this movie. Okay, that would be that's fair enough. Yeah. All right. So Joker record debut. Uh, it made ninety uh, was it ninety three point five million dollars in its mm -hmm. first weekend, setting a new record for August. Uh, October rather yeah. um, huge oh sorry 96 million US 248 million globally is where we're at right now mm. um, and this yeah this is a, an opening record for the month of October and this is in spite of the fact that there was actually a bit of ramped up security and stuff around the fact that people <laughs> were worried about uh, anarchists and what they might do around yeah. a movie around somebody who's an anarchist yeah, yeah. so this is pretty significant um, and I must admit I'm I I heard over the course of the summer uh, they had had this movie at the Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. I heard good things about it mm -hmm. and the hype started to ramp up. There was talk that uh, Joaquin Phoenix could be, you know, an Oscar contender, right, right. Uh, that they really went somewhere interesting with this character in this mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. I still am having a really tough time caring. So you tell me, Tim, what was this actually like? Well, it, it's interesting. I, a good friend of mine, uh, I, I did go to TIFF this year and I, I did see a number of films, interesting films. I, of course, couldn't get into Joker or whatever to save my life. Um, um, but a friend of mine did see it. So uh, we were chatting on, on uh, our, our chat thing that we use at work this weekend. And Jason is his name, by the way, Jason Chu. Hey, Jason. Um, or doesn't listen to this show anyway. So why do I give him a shout out? But my review. Yeah, he has to listen. Well, so so the cinematography is amazing. Like it, it is like whoever the director was and the director of, of cinematography, they definitely deserve a pat on the back, if not an Oscar. I mean, it was, it was you know, beautifully shot, like from the point of view, like overlays or between, you know, trains running down there's one scene where there's a train going up the middle of the screen and you see the city on both sides very sort of get that sort of gotham feeling to it you know when he goes mm -hmm. up arkham asylum it's very gothamy um you know it's got that sort of you know new york metropolitan kind of vibe to it and you know color wise it was very good looking um and but but the story was meh it was you know derivative mm -hmm. uh you know like you know when when uh francis or any name that plays the mother francis oh something with a c um um, anyway, I, I can look it up. But anyway, she's she's pretty good in it, but she's a typical sort of Aunt May, you know, kind mm. of character. Um, I, I do have a question for you, and I, I don't think this will spoil this for you specifically, but because you've read the books, right? And you uh, might have read a Joker comic or two in my time, yes. Okay, one or two at least? M right. Maybe one or two. So is she related to Bruce Wayne? 
Maiden? Not in the comic books. Not in the comics. So I don't want to. I don't want to spoil this for you because you haven't seen it yet. But yeah, there's there's an implied relationship. Francis Conroy is uh, plays his mother apparently. Francis Conroy, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I think I got her. She's uh, she was from um, Six Feet Under, and I got her confused with the the mother from Sopranos, right? Mm, yeah, that. yeah. Like you can see here. Like here's here's an example of a picture. This is this is a this seat. This staircase is in the in the film a few times, and you see the Joker as you know what's his real name? I forget. Um, a Joaquin Phoenix? No, the the character uh, when he's not Joker. Um, yeah, I, you know, which character name did they go by? What's the Joker's real name? Uh, in the comic books, I don't know if he's ever properly been named. Oh, okay. they, he's, he's named they, here. They yeah. named him in the uh, in the movie, obviously the original Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think some have sort of picked that up and run with it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if they've actually given him a name in the comic. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. I, I, I hope you can see my screen. I'm sharing this right now. I'm scrolling through a bunch of images on the interwebs, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not really seeing anything that other than you know the actual pictures of his face. Which again, so so when when my friend Jason asked me about his his portrayal, you know, like oh, what do you think it was an amazing portrayal? And I thought, you know what, all you need to do is channel Heath Ledger, and you you're, you're bound to be an Academy Award contender, right? Because mm-hmm. he did such a fantastic job at that, right? Um, not not Cesar Romero. No, well, eh, Cesar Romero, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, with the mustache, right? Yeah, well, yeah, the painted over mustache. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, I wonder if I go back in my search, you want to see? Yeah, I mean, in the movie, he was Jack Napier. That's what they called him in in uh, 1989, the Tim Burton Batman film. No, no, a different name in this one. Uh, this is supposed to. Be oh, one. hang on, here we go. This, apparently, it was a couple of years ago in the comics. I'm, I must admit, I'm a couple of years behind in my Batman reading. I'm only caught up to about five years ago. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I can go to the IMDb as well. Hang on. Oh, it says Jack Napier will be the name of the character in the comics. Wow, in the comics. Yeah. So apparently, apparently that's what they've named him in the comics as well. Well, you guys see us go to talk about IMDb all the time. Let's just do that right now. Oh, where the hell did it go? Okay. And you click on the actual link here. It works much better on the iPad. Let's see. Who does he play? He plays Arthur Fleck is the name of the Joker in this movie. Oh, yeah. I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Yeah. So don't see any 169 images. Let's see. Sort of point to the, it's just talking about the cinematography. Anyway, you know what? Would I have gone out of my way to watch this movie? Uh, I, you know, if you watch the trailer, you've seen a lot of the, the character portrayal nuances, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think in the trailers, they, they give away, like, you know, a lot of the story. Um, they do they do expect the audience to empathize with uh, with Black in the story, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as this down, downtrodden, you know, abused, a misunderstood guy, right? Yeah. But, but and, and they do, there are some, there are some, uh, they play with his, his uh, um, mental... Uh, it issues uh, fairly well in the movie. I'm not going to give that away either. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, was it was it really necessary for me to go on on first night? I don't think so. I did. I did go on the first day because so, uh, you know I just saw some seats in the in the theater that were vacant and I had some time to kill. So um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, it's like it, you know what? It's it's the solo of DC movies. Whoa, that could be taken many ways. Well, I mean, I still wanted to see Solo. I think you know Solo is still a good movie to see in the theater. It's got lots of. I mean, like the you know what's her name from Fleabag is in it. You know, I didn't realize it was, it was her. Yeah, she was the robot, though. You just yeah, like yeah. got to see her. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah. Yeah, well, but you, you get her mannerisms and things, which is, you know, in her in her expressions and stuff. But yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I, I did watch it again. I watched it again to sort of see the twist in the end there and all that kind of stuff at the end of, uh, of Solo, that is, right? Mm-hmm. There is no, like, when the credits roll, get out of your seat, go to your car. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing at the end. No spoilers there. Uh, me and one other guy waited and it was like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, well, so let's so has DC had any really decent movies in, in recent times? I mean, the last movie that got talked about this 
this way. I mean, they, they got a lot of people. A lot of people last year loved Aquaman. Mm-hmm. A lot of people the year before that really liked Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder you know, Wonder those movies yeah, yeah. had a lot of buzz, mm-hmm. but not in the way that they're saying like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix could be up for an Oscar for Best Actor. Todd Phillips could be up for nomination for the filmmaking. Um, you know, that's some of the buzz that's out there for this film. The last time that that happened was Dark, uh, The Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Right. Dark, and yeah, Dark Knight. the reason that that one sort of also sort of hit was everyone was talking about, um, you know, the performance of the Joker in there, but they also, uh, you know, that movie well, took on a life of its own after he died too, right? Yeah. It's, you know, if I if I have to compare it to, say, a Batman movie, for instance, and I'm not considering this 1968 classic, um, or 69, whatever it is, uh, but if I had to look at the Christopher, no, the, um, who's the new guy, uh, or not the new guy, the one before Affleck. Christian Bale? Christian Bale. If I had to look at his movies, it was nowhere near Dark Knight, right? It was a little worse than the third movie with um, Bane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but he's nowhere near as sinister as Bane, and, and there's there's no sort of like you know, I mean, there were some some you know sleight of hand stuff that happened in in Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's character. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't really go that far with this, you know. Yeah. Um, but like like I said, they do sort of they do sort of explore Joker's particular psychosis a bit in a really interesting way. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people will wait till it comes out on on the Netflix and you know the Hulu and whatever, uh, and and they think they'd be well well advised to, to you know unless I mean I don't get me wrong I, I love going to the theater and watching movies in the theater well you you raved about the cinematography that's the one that always gets me into the theater again I'll, yeah. I'll go see there's yeah. some directors and some filmmakers that I want to see like Christopher Nolan is yeah. one example right yeah. yeah his movies look amazing when they're shown on a full-size screen yeah I mean that that I mean so you can see it in IMAX I didn't see it in IMAX I saw it in the VIP uh, I think it might have been really even cooler in, in IMAX because you'd get the full you know full image I mean there were some you know wide shots that were just stunning hmm. you know not quite graphic novelly stunning but like stunning in terms of urban you know landscape kind of shooting and stuff like that hmm. but very well lined up and, and one one shot in particular like i said this train cutting up through the city yeah pretty cool yeah anyway let's that's that's enough with the joker thing did we talk about the numbers i mean it's, it's phenomenally huge it's like the biggest movie since biggest movie time. release in october and yeah. uh yes it's Is made october almost a dark time or something quarter or? of a billion yeah well typically this time of year we see a lot of horror movies as you'd expect around halloween um and then we start to get a trickle of the of the oscar pre-oscar fair right we're starting to see stuff pre-award season so this one actually is sort of a sneaker because it's kind of comic booky but it's not it's kind of horror-y but it's not and it's kind of oscar bait yeah i'm not going to go into the horror because there is there is some definite horror but but i can tell you this much i can see why it was at death yeah from that point of view yes if you're if you're a movie what do you call a movie file or what do do we call movie file people uh cinephile cinephile yeah if you're if you're in if your thing is movies and large screens and and you know with the popcorn and the whole bit i I, it's it's an interesting movie not a date movie no unless you're unless your partner's really into the whole dc universe kind of thing yeah which that does happen um yeah there's a um yeah there's a there's a weird spot for movies like that it's somewhere between the what uh, there was that whole kerfuffle this week right francis ford coppola or was it uh was talking about how you know marvel movies aren't cinema they're only movies Mm -hmm. um uh, yeah, so I don't know. This one seems like it's sort of straddling that line between cinema and movie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember what the other movies I saw. Oh, so we move on to our uh, our trailerama here. Yeah, you just hit share. Hold on to your socks, kids. I'm going to take over the sharing here. I'm going to show you the trailer while Tim and I talk about it for Lost in Space season two. How do I minimize my screen? Maybe, Maybe. my screen. I can't see. Hold on to your socks. Oh, there we go. Cool. Yeah. All right, here we are. Wait, Lost in I Space season Lost two. So last week uh, around the New York Comic. Con, we 
got a bunch of trailers that started to come out. Uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of those in a little bit. So obviously a bunch of Star Trek news that we're excited about. But the other thing that came out of this was uh, we got our first look at season two for Lost in Space, the Netflix series. This is where the other series ended, right? Uh, the other series ended with the the uh, people jumping away and them getting left behind. Oh. So once again, to circle back after that technical hiccup, this is our first look at season two of Lost in Space. They also announced the release date, which is coming on conveniently on December 24th. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Christmas is canceled. I'm going to be watching uh, Lost in Space. Well, isn't that when Doctor Who Christmas specials on? Or Are they doing a Christmas, Christmas special Day? this year? They well, did a know, but, uh, special last year. That's Christmas Day, though, right? Yeah, that's right. We didn't, didn't, didn't do one last year. Did yeah. they? No, last year they did a New Year's special. Oh, wow. Still felt wrong. <laughs> so... Obviously, this is a little more focused on just the the, uh, the wait. The is Captain Lorca the leader of this group, group again? I forget. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Captain Lorca's the dad, isn't he? Jason, Jason Isaac? Yeah. I'm gonna find him. I still don't like the robot in this one. Good. I mean, I like him, but I don't like him. He's not, you know, goofy like the old robot used to be. Lost in space. Two. The sequel. Lost in space. Two. All episodes December 24th, only on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about the whole binging thing? Like, does that not eat into your time? It it makes it challenging on a lot of shows because you end up with a lot of these ones where you will, um, you'll end up in these circumstances where you're trying to play beat the clock with the internet. Because I do go to a lot of blogs and stuff. I am, uh, my my job is in social media. So uh, I tend to be in the blogosphere and the social media sphere a lot. So it's really hard to Mm -hmm. avoid spoilers Mm -hmm. and so i do find myself wanting more often than not to try and get through things quickly and that doesn't always fit with uh you know being a busy person their parents and all those other things Mm -hmm. i think the the, one of the points that was raised on one of the other pods that i like to listen to they they were talking about how when you look at some shows that drop week to week think about game of thrones think about uh you know some of the sort of zeitgeist shows from the last few years those shows are good because they actually give you a week or place like us to be able to talk about them discovery is another example Mm -hmm. where we can actually have a week to digest and process and think and and sort of you know take it all in whereas if you had them all at once again imagine right now if discovery came out in one big lump sum you and i and and jaime would be frustrated right yeah we'd have a really long episode of spotcast (laughs) well yeah i'd be like okay we're gonna do our annual spotcast episode kids stay tuned um you know and it's the same thing for game of thrones and some of these other sort of uh more contemporary shows that come week to week yeah i think i like the time to digest a little bit you know stranger things dropped over the summer in, in july and i did finish it until into august because i just had other priorities and, and responsibilities and other things going on right and i i lived in fear that it was going to be spoiled for me and that's that's not a fun thing to do there's talk that netflix is considering doing that for some shows going forward not all shows but some shows going forward that they'll drop well week by week i started watching explained if you watch the explains you know the you know, yes dn yeah. explained or whatever and that yeah. one they drop like a, well, a show each week right well and the ones they do in partnership here in canada they have a partnership with uh, cw which is uh shows a lot of the dc based shows mm-hmm. so they've taken over airing the flash they've taken over airing um they were airing iZombie, things like that riverdale's on here all of those are week to week right. now the infuriating part of that is that they're not same day and time as they are in the united states we have to wait several days that's actually ridiculous yeah we talked about 
about that last year when they had a crossover series between the DC uh, television shows, the Arrowverse shows. And for us here in Canada, they aired out of order because The Flash, which was supposed to be the second part, didn't come out till two days later here. So we had to watch one, then three, then two of the of the episodes, which is, again, in a world where the internet is on top of stuff as soon as it's on, that, that's a ridiculous notion. But mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like having the time to sort of go after it. That being said, of a modern TV thing, the thing that actually uh, I find more challenging is, is the long seasons. I love the Flash TV show. I love Supergirl. Mm-hmm. I love watching the things I love watching that are still on contemporary television. But I do not need 22 episodes of it at all. At all. Uh, if they told a very focused 12 episodes or 14 episodes, I would be ecstatic. You know, like, I don't understand why they haven't roped into the logic of doing those things sequentially, where you basically do 14 of this and 14 of that and 14 of this and 14 of that or 12 of this and 12 of that. You could do so much more interesting stuff. Now, I understand, obviously, there's production costs and everything involved in that, wrapping things up, wrapping things around and stuff like that. But I, I just find that much more compelling. You know, we're, we're getting closer and closer to that British model of six episodes, right? You know, yeah. an entire series is six episodes. Or What's Luther right now? Is what, like three, three episodes in well, an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I was just watching Fleabag, like I said, right? And, and yeah, I think I watched Fleabag in two days because they're, they're short 20-minute or 30-minute episodes. Yep. And you yep. one after the other, bang, 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 right? So, yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. and it's amazing. So you just want to keep reading, uh, reading watching it. But, watching, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, there's so many shows like that where, again, on one hand, you're like, oh, it's over. But then you have the satisfaction of, well, I've I've completed the journey and yeah. I didn't have to invest months or years of my life. Yeah. Well, I just listened to an interview with her, actually, after because after, after it was over, I'm again, my PVR, thank you, Rogers, for creating the worst PVR in the world. <laughs> So I for for the whole summer it recorded all kinds of episodes of of uh, Saturday Night Live and then this Saturday the one episode I wanted to watch when I wasn't at home mm-hmm. you know I went I went out I, again I went went, went watch the Joker because I knew that Saturday Night Live would be recording I got home at, you know one o'clock in the morning and went oh let's just see what the monologue was and there was like no recording yeah. so I had to go and hunt you know and trying to find Saturday Night Live on on YouTube at, you know a day or two later is horrible so but anyway that's it, another weird one. so but I saw an older interview with her talking mm-hmm. to Fallon, let's say, or either Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon or um, or Gobert, uh, saying that you know she was talking about coming back to do Fle- Fleabag. So mm-hmm. apparently Fleabag started out as a play, and then yep. and then she did it as a as a uh, story, like a, as a as a series, six episodes, like the traditional British format, right? And then um, which is I don't understand the six six episodes as opposed to thirteen like we do here, right? Um, in North America, you know, where we drive on the correct side of the road. But why um, stretch it out, right? Like that's the theory, right? If you tell a story tell the story and what it takes to tell the story right right anyway so but then but then so so i think what but i don't know if did it come did fleabag come out and then you had to wait for season two or yes it did okay because because i just went and watched season one and two and and no i watched season one before i watched season two but i mean like was there like a pause before season two came out yeah like a year oh okay okay all right like a year okay well apparently it's not she's not doing a three or yeah no she said uh she said if she revisits that she plans to do it in her 50s so uh but that's again that's good it's good in its own way again clearly she's you know she's obviously a very very talented person and and, uh you know i admire people who aren't just married to that one piece of art you know who live Mm -hmm. off that one thing over and over again Mm -hmm. yeah interesting let's move on i mean like you know yeah we can talk about this over and over we probably will (laughs) probably will what's next next up another trailer should we try this one more time oh should we do a trailer okay yeah all right let's try this one more time well then that means it's working yeah the little thingy the loading thing is spinning 
socks. Full screen folk. Here we go. This episode of Spotcast brought to you by this advertisement here, which we're not getting any money for. We can neither enforce the values of RAM nor deny them. Right. Did they blow up real good? Here we are. Rick and Morty season four. Ooh. Our first full trailer. Obviously. How long has it, it been since last? Uh, it's been a couple of years. I think almost three. Wow. Yeah. It's been a long break. Uh, obviously in that time, they negotiated a new contract. So they're going to do multiple seasons, which is really awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Futurama, right? Yeah. So they, they come back strong, uh, but they've announced, yeah, we're, we're finally going to get our first uh, look at Rick and Morty new episodes in a long time. Hmm. Some familiar faces in there. I saw Mr. Meeseeks from season one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lab coat. Rip off Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yeah. Also back from season one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I have to work yet. <laughs> mm. So have you, have you seen, uh, have you seen, have you seen the theory of going back and watching to see which Morty is actually in the show? I've heard that. Yeah. That there's a whole, whole line of logic that says that it's not really the Morty we started with. Yeah. Well, and, or even, even, um, Doc Brown, not Doc Brown, um, Rick, right? Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I got to go back and watch it again. Like, thank you for somebody bought me, Jonathan bought me the, the box set there, I guess. The digital box. Yeah. That was your father's day gift. Yeah. So I had, you know, it's funny. I had seen like, I think there were like four or five episodes I hadn't seen at all, but it was yeah. nice to watch them all in order as well. Too, right? Yeah. Um, I was just getting randomly off of, off of something at like midnight, at, you know, whatever, before I realized that I actually have adult stream and I can watch it anytime I want. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, now you have them forever. As long as Apple lets you have them. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good news. Two good mm-hmm. shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Excited for those. A uh, little bit extra news. So uh, we got news today that uh, Hellstrom, the another uh, Hulu Marvel show, is okay. finally found its stars. So that's okay. kind of neat. Um, this is a story that's based on the original comic from the 70s called Son of Satan. Um, and so they've announced today, let's see, this is from Deadline. Fresh off a role as besieged President Elizabeth Keene on Homeland and an unforgiving stint on Netflix's unbelievable Elizabeth Marvel joins, uh, uh, yeah, joins the, joins the show. That's cool. And she's going to be playing Hellstrom's brother. Let's see. Oh, oh okay. That's the person who's going to be running the show. There we go. Um, set to debut next year on Disney controlled streamer Hellstrom will be led by Tom Austin and Sydney Lemon hmm. as the stars. So yeah, finally starting to see this one take shape again. It'd be interesting to see how this proceeds. Uh, so this is, uh, I'm just looking at their bios. So Tom Austin was on a show called the Royals and another show called Grantchester. Sydney Lemons from Fear the Walking Dead and Succession. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how, oh, it's, so it's, yeah, Elizabeth Marvel plays Victoria Hellstrom. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's been interesting to see how they pull this one together because it is pretty dark. Even as a comic series in the 70s, it was kind of dark and moving that forward, it's going to be really dark um, to see how that one goes forward because it's about the son of Satan and this is a Disney show. Right. So I'm not sure how they pull that together and make that something that's, you know, cohesive and not, you know, blood and guts and, and you know, Satan worshipping and all the things that Disney doesn't like. Right. A uh, little extra bit from the Walking Dead universe. So as part of the New York Comic Con, uh, out tr- onto the stage came uh, Lauren Cohen, who famously was Maggie Ree on the show. Didn't uh, her show she... cancelled though? Her win- her... Yes, the one show that she was on for one season has been cancelled. And so apparently she's going to come back and they're going to sort of tie up what happened with her character 
character, where she went, what happened to her uh, in the next season. And they also announced at that same event that it has been renewed for season 11 already. Season 10 just premiered uh, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So hold on to your socks, kid. There's more Walking Dead coming. They also showed the first trailer for the new Walking Dead show, which I have not seen yet. So I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole. But um, yeah, so we're, we're in, headed towards a world where we're going to have three Walking Dead shows and uh, and apparently some Walking Dead movies in development too, starring uh, so, Andrew Lincoln so I have and news. I have news on that front. And, and this is, it's a spot cast news, I guess. You know, mm. who, are, who, who else would care? Um, but yeah, I am not watching season 10 and I stopped watching Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh, okay. And I've taken taken them off the rotation on my PVR. I, I, I've lost interest. Yeah, I, I did not watch all, uh, did not watch any of season nine of Walking Dead and I have only watched the first season of Fear uh, the Walking Dead. Well, Fear um, the Walking Dead was getting good and but yeah, now it's just, yeah. It's, you know what? It, after a while, like, like we had George Stromalopoulos on one of our podcasts once and I asked him if he watched the show and he said no. He said, because I know how it ends. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's right, you know, in retrospect because it just, it's just, it never ends. It's just an ongoing, you know, oh, we have to go get some resources. Oh, and these a-holes are trying to kill us and take all our stuff and, you know, you know how many times can they, they, they you know, blog that or, oh, wait, these guys are way worse because they wear death masks and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and these yeah. like little kids are surviving on their own. Like, give me a break, you know. Yeah. Well, again, that's the problem with all of these sort of post-apocalyptic things is that the, the notion plays itself out. And I will say, you know, there have been, um, you know, some interesting ups and downs, but it does become a little unrelenting. And especially mm-hmm. in a show, you know, that has been criticized for being, you know, murder porn. Uh, you know, it does really kind of keep going. You know, you're like, oh, I'm attached to this character. Oh, they introduce some new characters. Oh, I like that character. Oh, they kill that character. Oh, there's a new mm-hmm. character. Oh, the, the, you know, especially when you start losing longtime characters like Rick and Maggie and, and right. you know, they did kill off some, you know, major characters over the years too. So you kind of have to really be invested with a handful of people that have been around the whole time. But, right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not too far on board. I keep telling myself that eventually I'll catch up uh, and, you know, when they finally wrap it up. But it's comic books are like this for me too. You know, there have been some comics that have been around for ages and ages and ages, and I just couldn't keep buying them month to month. So now mm-hmm. I buy them in a collected edition because mm-hmm. it yeah. just seems to go on forever. You know, it's only a select number of titles that will sort of have a little story arc or they'll have, well, you know, beginning and a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. So many of these just keep going and going. Go, go. well, and then there's so much of it. Like, you like, it's like, like people complain about podcasts, like how many different podcasts can you listen to? And, they, you know, they'll drop and listen to us for a while and then they'll go off and do something else and maybe they'll come back later, but yeah. or they'll, or they'll binge it like from, from the very beginning, which is surprising. But, you know, like there's so many books to read. There's so many movies to go see, you know, yeah. movies is the one format. Like, I mean, theater movies is the one format where you go to the theater and you watch it. Right. Well, and we talked about that before, you know, my, my longtime stance is that it's the last place where you don't just sit there with your phone out while you're doing it. Yeah. If you're, oh, that's if, true. Good point. you know, if you're sitting at home and you're listening to music, you can have your phone out. If you're sitting there watching TV, you might also have your phone out or your tablet or your computer or whatever. The movie is sort of that last place where, you know, it's not okay to have your phone out and you're really immersed in the moment. That's why yeah. I like going to see movies in movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, it, you're, you're absolutely right. And even, you know, my son uh, says that all the time, you know, I can't man. decide what I want to do most. I want to, I want to play this video game, but I also want to read this comic book, but I also want to watch this well, movie, this but thing. I also like, want to catch this television show. Yeah. So for me, I'm producing podcasts and I'm, I'm writing code and I'm trying to learn new stuff. And I just don't like, like watching television almost becomes an invasion, especially if I have to pay attention because a lot of times I'll have TV shows in the background and, you know, like I'm yeah. watching a new, uh, well, I'm watching the new Colby Smothers, not Colby Smothers. Yeah. It's Colby Smothers. Uh, I thought that was a character name. Stumptown. Yeah. I'm watching that. And it's really yeah. interesting, but, but again, it's a cop show. Like, you know, how much yeah. attention do you really need to pay attention to it? I mean, there's a few things in the corner you might miss if you, if you look away, but you can almost just hit rewind 
and you know yeah. watch it again but so i do but like most of the time i'm working i'm coding i'm doing research whatever and i just don't have time to read or play i don't play games i mean um we talked about the apple arcade on spot or on on the other show more than just code because none of the other guys were running ios 13 or or, or or you know they didn't run the beta program so they couldn't get into watching the arcade so i signed up for the trial of arcade and it was supposed to renew next week i just canceled because i just don't play enough games to warrant paying I, measly 4.99 but still or 5.99 canadian but still yeah i don't warrant and i don't play enough games to warrant the expense you know so yeah no it's fair it's, it's fair just, there's just there's only so many hours in the days and you know like i want to get into doing painting and whatever and printing t-shirts and stuff but you know doesn't yeah. buy it can we skip the next two stories and just end the old news or is there anything really interesting in the old news that we need uh to the old news i think we can skip entirely okay because i, I think... want to jump down to the main the main stuff the, yeah the enchil- main enchiladas because at the end of the day like um i don't know if you heard but or if you listened to the episode but i was on a, i was on a podcast the other day where I, I did a talk on neuroplasticity and how it applies to learning and and how you know people in my industry develop developers and use it to revenge but anybody can i mean like kids can use it in school you could use it in your work whatever mm-hmm. uh, i'll link to that podcast it was from okay production but they asked me in the podcast because i mentioned spotcast right and they asked mm-hmm. me so am i a star trek fan or a star wars fan mm-hmm. like which way do i lean and i'm like you know to be honest with you like yeah i've seen a lot of star trek but you know i i missed a whole whack of seasons out of like the whole last bunch of seasons out of um voyager right mm-hmm. um, i watched the last couple of episodes to see how they got home and stuff like that but i just like a, a month ago i watched the borg episode with where um or just a couple of weeks ago i watched the borg episode where seven of nine goes back and finds this sort of faction of borg people who have this imaginary world matrix world they can go into and mm-hmm. and relate even though they were and they're all connecting over the network kind of thing mm-hmm. i'd never seen that episode before right and um or the one where where seven of nine gets in trouble because she's doing the time traveling thing and the guy who's the causing the problem is the guy who's running the, the program and that one yeah. um but I, I never saw those anyway and 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 same thing with the next generation i stopped watching next generation after a whole while so i don't i can't say categorically whether i've watched every single episode of the next generation either right mm-hmm. deep space nine there's a gap there for me as well but i have seen every single star wars thing you know and I, of course i watched star trek when i when it first was on tv and then i watched it in reruns forever i think i was like me and five other guys were watching it throughout the late 70s there early 70s i think um and uh because it was like on sat it was on every day it was like the flintstones and you just kind of you know you ate cereal while you watch star trek kind of thing right um and my sisters like would tune it out and not even watch it but you know but star wars i don't know i just I, it seemed to be drawn to star wars for some strange reason so if, well if, it's if, much more digestible too again for the longest time it really was just about the central films yeah. you know there, there have been some yeah. tv show stuff in there but you know again depends how sort of you know expansive your idea of star wars is too there are the the tv well, i haven't shows. watched clone wars i haven't watched rebel you know rebels and resistance and yeah. all those are in canon now like those are all part of legit you know as far as the the company's concerned those are real events that happened so yeah. um you know you can decide whether or not those are important to watch overall but yeah no you're right i mean the thing about trek is it's there's you know i think xavier's felt that too you know he was like oh maybe i'll start at the beginning and i was like it's gonna take you years to Whatever. go through yeah. and watch every episode of the original series and tng and deep space nine and voyager and enterprise yeah you know you by the time you work through and you've got 13 movies to watch and you've got yeah. this and you you know it watch the animated series like there's a lot of places to go now uh you know confession i have all those they're on my shelf um and i've watched i would say every episode of every single series at least once with a right. possible exception of i don't think i've watched every episode of the animated series i'm pacing myself mm. because you cannot watch too much of that at once it's it's <laughs> a special say, kind of bad well so so here the thing the thing about the animated and this is this is where i'll defend the animated se- se- series and that is this right remember that star, star trek was only on for two and a half 
last seasons, right? Yeah. And then it went into, um, and then like it was, wasn't was on. I think it was in reruns a little bit. The syndication hadn't really kicked off yet. Mm-hmm. But Saturday morning, you'd get up in the morning, you'd wake up, you'd, you'd get your cereal, you'd sit in your pajamas and you'd watch cartoons on TV. Oh, yeah. Space Ghost and all that kind of stuff. Like this is back mm-hmm. in my day. Like I'm talking like late 60s, early 70s, right? Yep. And this Star Trek animated series came on and it was like, oh my God, it's Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when you, in context, right, it was like the best of the Saturday morning cart. Johnny Quest was on, you know, yeah, yeah. all the sort of, you know, uh, there was a Georgia of the Jungle, you know, all those sort of, you know, Space Ghost was my yep. favorite, right? And now I watch Space Ghost now and, and that one guy, I forget his name, but the one guy who does Space Ghost voice, he was in every single Saturday oh, yeah. morning cartoon, right? Yeah, he did all the Hanna-Barbera's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, I forget, we'll dig his name up. But uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, so So that was, from an accessibility point of view, that's all we had, you know? Yep, yep. So, so it was great from that perspective, right? So, but yeah, you're right. It is but it doesn't hold up terribly well. It's it's a, it's a little, uh, it's a little clunky in its animation and yeah. the plotting is not exactly modern pacing. It's a, no. it's a little clunky. No, it's very, very 60s. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. But, they had that one uh, pterodactyl sound for pterodactyls in... <laughs> and, every, and every single show they ever did. Same yeah. one for Johnny Quest, same one for Thunder on the Barbarian. There was a Huckleberry Finn one where he was, he was, it was Johnny Whitaker and he was live action, but the rest of it was all cartoon and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had like a sort of, he was on a green, it was like, like the, uh, early green screen. Yeah, yeah. Not like any, not anywhere near like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so the reason why I'm, we're, we're paraphrasing and, and we're beating around the bush here, what we're talking about is the reason why we're here, and that is Star Trek, right? Star Trek. And we, you know, we do, as those of you who stuck with the show so far know that we do talk about everything else as well as Star Trek, but Star Trek is the focus of the show, thus the name podcast. But uh, yeah, so here we are. We've got the, the premiere of our, the Bard trailer. Which yeah, so we, we yeah. had a teaser trailer before that was, you know, it did given us a little taste of what we could see. We saw that there was Seven of Nine little cameo. We saw that there was a cameo from what appears to be Data. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a little taste of post uh, Star Trek Nemesis Picard. Yeah. And now we finally get a look at the actual a uh, little more substance, a little more a little more depth. So right. I don't know how deep you went down the rabbit hole in this thing, but I noticed all kinds of stuff in here. Well, I did. I'm, I'm going to see if I can run it while we talk here. Oh, it's really loud. Can you hear that? So we knew that Data was going to be in the show, right? Yeah, we knew that Data was going to be there, and we'd seen that Seven was going to be there. So, but this this clip right here makes me think this is a dream sequence. Totally dream sequence. There's no way. Yeah. That is not true, sir. Because he hands him the brush and says, "You can finish this story, right?" And especially because they're both wearing their <laughs> uniforms. Right, right, right. Oh, and then we cut to him in the the. Um, Logan movie. I came here Do you think that uh, later on there's a discussion about the fact that he named his dog after Will Riker? Please, oh, yeah? After me. It says the dog's name is number one. Well, yeah, but that's sort of what you do, I guess, right? Is that full screen for you, by the way? It's nice to see you up and around again. What do you see on your screen, John? Sorry, it's a little loud. I can't hear the... Uh, I can't hear that. I am standing up for the Federation for what it should still represent. This is no longer Funny, I've turned it way down. Go home. Yep. Hmm. 
I have to help. Oh, wait, this way. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, it's better. Okay, yeah. Got the badge. He slaps on his badge. Now, notably, that's the badge that would have been the last one he wore in those last couple of movies. Right, right. We get our look at Michelle Hurd. That's She's playing Rafi Massacre. I looked that up. Mm-hmm. And Alison Pill playing Dr. Agnes Girardi. Right. And Evan Avogora, Avogora playing Elnor, the guy with the sword. Mm-hmm. Is he a Vulcan? Uh, they're not sure if he's a Vulcan or a Romulan. Uh, and then behind the seat of that ship there, we see Chris Rio uh, is played by Santiago Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Right. The Borg ship. Ooh, Borg. He looks like an elf. That little glimpse for a second there, we see Hugh. Oh yeah. Oh right. Okay. And this is this is the reveal of the of the trailer here, right? Yeah. This is the well, it's fan service, right? Yeah. Riker and Deanna, and we also get a little. Uh, we have a kid, clearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Old fashioned warbird. We saw for a second there. Yeah, doesn't the kid grow up to be Kylo Ren eventually? <laughs> <laughs> I want them to cut to the kid and to have ridges on its forehead. Right. Mr. Worf. I, I don't know what recorded there, folks. So, is Mr. Worf in there? No, but uh, you'll recall late in the seasons of uh, TNG, there was a l- little thing there between Worf and Troy, right? Right, okay. They were an item. So I think it would just be hilarious if they were like, why is our child halfling on? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So, two scenes <coughs> that really caught my eye. Obviously, the fan service is there. We saw data. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a one little clip in there where we see uh, a room full of what look like androids. Yeah. We numbers on their heads i don't know if you want to call it up and we can we can slow-mo through there or if we can just sort of talk yeah, our me, way through let me, it yeah uh, let me uh bring it over here so the first, <laughs> i don't know what people what people were able to see like i don't know what's about this i have no idea what was recording so yeah we'll, we'll do that again yeah the first trailer we saw for the picard show we saw at one point uh uh dr Girardi, that's allison pill's character mm-hmm. opens up a drawer and we see a disassembled soon uh oh, wait am i sharing i'm not sharing yeah we see a different uh, a disassembled rope or Android. We see it could be Data, it could be Lore, it could be uh, that other guy. Yeah, what, what was the what was, what was the third one they called? I can't even remember his name now. B four. Oh, that's right, B four. That's right. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that because it almost seems like there's a little Borg Android army kind of thing going on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what that is. Right. Has so has uh, Doctor Girardi been working on taking the next level of android are we going to see the next level of that scene right there oh yeah uh are we going to see the next generation of sort of the the data style androids is are we going a little irobot here yeah like they look a little like nouveau datas right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that really the person walking with him looks like a robot or android too right yeah so that that scene really caught my eye there's a scene where uh, just again for like a flash of about two seconds you see hugh so from the classic uh Power and the other guy from Blade Runner. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw a little glimpse of Hugh, and that made, sort of caught and my this eye. Guy who, this guy who's in every show ever. Yeah, yeah. And there's one little scene that that caught my eye too, where you can see. I've I watched this trailer probably more times than is healthy, yeah. but um, there's a scene where Seven, right there, Seven mm-hmm. is cradling someone who's clearly not doing well. Yeah, <laughs> and it's unclear who she's holding. Hmm. She looks like she does in the rest of the show. So 
it looks like it's modern. So you'd think that if that was Chakotay, who she ends up with at the end of Voyager, mm-hmm. that he would have gray hair by then, although maybe he dyes his hair. Right. Maybe he ages really well. But it could it be this guy here? I don't know. It could be, or it could be... Or it could be this guy here, the Vulcan? Well, so one of the, the, the speculations that I had read online that I thought was an interesting notion was, could that be Icheb, the other Borg that was on Voyager with them? Right. There's Hugh. You just you just oh, Hugh. passed Hugh as he's creeping around the corner. That's Hugh, mm-hmm. the former Borg uh, that... Uh, set free in TNG. Right. So there's all kinds of little tasty Easter eggs in here. Again, I I mean, not that we weren't both in the bag for this series already, but but trying to sort of piece together where they're going with this story and how they sort of circle it back. Obviously, we see, uh, yeah, an old-fashioned warbird. Uh, so Romulans are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got we've got Borg, we got Romulans, and we've got uh, androids. Mm. Interesting ingredients for a good show. Yeah. What'd you make of all this? Um, no, I just I you know I, I did spend as much nearly as much time as you did obviously watching this thing but um you know i and I, I think i caught all the all the sort of nuances i didn't i would have wouldn't have recognized you anyway but um yeah i, I don't know I'm, I'm looking forward to it you know, it's only a few months away right yeah it's nice we finally got a date january 23rd so it looks like it's going to be on every thursday like we had uh discovery last january right, right. uh so that's kind of cool we go back to our uh our thursday night uh watch a truck episode talk about a truck episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's fun have you not noticed that like lately you spend so much time waiting for that next thing to premiere these days like your whole life is like waiting for the next series to start whatever yeah, it is like, you know, th- there's everything. enough stuff that you don't really notice the gaps as badly like i i certainly this year felt kind of weird because trek wrapped up in like what february march something like that and then we didn't have any more trek until this week right um but there's always seems like there's something where you just you know you're you're sort of in the downtime in between this week we got this weekend we got the drop of uh, season three of mm-hmm. um uh, big mouth which is a series I really enjoy right. on on Netflix, and I was yeah, like, I'm oh. sort of watching that one yet. Yeah, that was oh, it's it's here already. I'm like, oh, that's good. So I sat and watched that all weekend. I was like, oh, that's done. Okay, well, what's next? And I looked at my thing. It's like, oh, back Batwoman and Supergirl on this week. Cool. And then a couple weeks from now, the new Watchmen series starts, and so it's, there's always something sort of rolling around. Right, right. Um, you know, it, again, right now we're in a huge hiatus on Doctor Who, right? Like Doctor Who hasn't been on for a while. Last last new episode was January first. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever, we've ever talked about the the Puppet Doctor. Um, yes, yeah, you were mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. She's just done. She she was just at a, a Doctor Who convention in somewhere. I forget where it is, but um, and she brought her thirteenth Doctor. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she had a, a booth with all her Doctors there. So she's been doing a new Doc Doctor series. Nice. I'm gonna go back to sharing the next story here. Yeah. So the next one's another good one where we got another look. Uh, well, our first look, right? Our first look at season three of Discovery, and this one again, lots of interesting stuff in here. Yeah. Um, for a really short trailer. Again, this one's more of a teaser. Right, the the card was a little longer. This one's pretty short. We believe in ghosts. What does that mean? A badge on your shirt. Look at Idris Elba. What's wrong with this flag? Not enough stars. Not enough stars. So she ends up in the future, but where's Discovery in the end of the series? I think they're there too. I think they just got okay. separated. Oh, okay, right. As they say, she carried us into the future. Mm. New guns, interesting. There was some speculation about the the uniform that um, George is wearing there too. Yeah, yeah. 
It's on CTV and or CTV Space Channel. That's right, CTV Space Channel. So again, interesting stuff in here. So now we know exactly where they ended up. Yeah. Uh, we know that they're 930 years in the future, which puts them in the 32nd century. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Book, the character from the Short Trek. So that whole Short Trek episode last year where he is alone on an abandoned discovery. Okay, right. That clearly is tied into this timeline. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So now we can go back and look at that for a little bit more for clues. Okay. Yeah. We still haven't got to tie in with, with Harry Mudd yet anywhere, though. No, I haven't seen him yet. Um, I mean, I mean, and, from, and I wonder if we will, because, um, because it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to have that because we know that he ends up in the past because we know that he intersects with uh oh kirk and kirk and spock, spock and, on the yeah. original series so who knows yeah um i noticed in there that we saw trills we mm-hmm. saw uh a group of trills standing around there and that scene where she is lying on her uh back in the water in the creamy water there right. that looks like a scene from ds9 and that's um that's to do with the trills too mm-hmm. so here's my question are we going to see dax is dax still alive not necessarily the same actor because they don't have to do that because Dax is actually the the symbiote right Mm -hmm. and lives on in different people over the uh, course of time so I wonder if we're going to see another tie-in to uh, sort of our era of Trek from the you know late 90s early 2000s and see Dax as a character in this show a thousand years in the future oh right yeah because she'll she'll just continue he will continue yeah Dax the entity that is the the blob that lives in people's bellies could still be well still be alive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that popped into my head when i saw trills i wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna loop that back in or if they're gonna the just ignore that people with the, with the, the, the spots. spots yeah okay. yeah yeah um and the flag i pointed at the flag right so the the federation flag has uh, a huge number of stars on it in the era that they come from because it's supposed to be one star for all the represented members mm-hmm. and the, the flag that they unfurl in that one scene has six exactly six stars on it which i guess speaks to the dire straits that the federation finds itself in 900 years into the future mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so again not a lot not a lot to chew on there but still some interesting little little tastes for you know again we, we talked about this when we got to the end of uh, of season two of discovery that we really are into the undiscovered country now because the last piece of future trek we ended on was star trek nemesis uh i guess you could say that we also have the first jj abrams movie wherein we find out that romulus was destroyed and uh spock from that timeline goes into the past uh, and then changes things and then they split off into their own timeline. But either way, uh, Picard is taking us 20 years into the future and now we're getting 900 years into the future past Discovery. So another 800 years plus uh, from when we left off in, in Nemesis. Um, this is exciting. This is really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see how they decide to sort of play this forward, where this universe went, who, you know, how all these different races played out, you know, where things ended up. It's been, you know, 20 years almost since we really sunk our teeth into 15 anyways since we really got to sink our teeth into that part of the future and not just keep going backwards we went backwards with enterprise we went backwards with discovery um it'll be interesting to finally move forwards and see where this goes yeah for sure and speaking of going backwards mm-hmm. we got our short treks back this week mm-hmm. all of a sudden which was really weird they didn't announce that they were gonna air them did they <laughs> no i don't think so i just uh, yeah i was i saw the news and they're like oh by the way there's a new short trek it's already up online i was like what mm-hmm. what what happened yeah so we got uh episode one was called q a and we read the synopses for what was coming on a few of these 
this episode focused on Spock, a young Ensign Spock, uh, his first day aboard the USS Enterprise, and his getting trapped in the turbo lift with number one. Mm-hmm. Um, as with all of these, a nice tight little, you know, 14 minutes, I think it is. Uh, Rebecca Romaine back as number one. Right. And uh, yeah, what did you think about this one? I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, sure. And, and interesting in that, I don't know, they kind of played off the, the fact that number one and Spock have a sort of secret relationship uh, in terms of a secret that they share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, she's testing him as as a new ensign, I think he is, right? It, it, yep. right? In, the, in the show? Yep. Um, or in this episode? And uh, yeah, they kind of like it's giving away too much to say they get stuck in an elevator or turbo lift and, yep. and they spend some time together. Yeah. Um, that's and play 10,000 questions. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole Q&A thing comes in for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, so you've got, you've got in here in the show notes too that Tribbles, is that coming out that next week's episode? Or? Yeah, so up on uh, the social media channels for Star Trek today, they posted a little 30 second trailer for the second episode. Right, right. And uh, guest star H. John Benjamin, who uh, a lot of our fans will know as the voice of Archer mm. and the voice of Bob from Bob's Burgers, and also a hell of a funny <laughs> stand-up comedian, mm. uh, is going to be uh, uh, the star of that one. And also Rose Salazar is going to be in that. Rose Salazar uh, most recently was uh, Alita, Battle Angel. Right. Uh, and she was also in uh, the Maze Runner series of Moots. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, an interesting uh, an interesting look there. They're sort of playing it as a mix between, uh, you know, a typical triple episode where it's a little bit playful and also it's sort of playing out a little bit like a horror movie, like they're trapped on the space station where the triples keep multiplying and uh, and mm-hmm. may, may turn feral, which is, again, it looks really, really funny. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see how they, they circle back to triples. We haven't heard of, uh, of triples really since, uh, well, Enterprise, I think, was the last time we saw them, right? Right, right. Yeah, cool. yeah looking yeah. forward to that. I have to go and find it. What, what night that going to be on? Do you know? Or? Thursday. It's on Thursday nights. Yeah. Thursday. Okay, but at a weird time because it's a 15-minute slot, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they've been, like, chucking them in the middle of movies and stuff. It's it's a weird thing when it's on TV, but then they're, they're popping them up the next morning on uh, on Crave here in Canada. Right. And yeah, I think that's... it's on CBS All Access as well, obviously, yeah. in, the, in the United States. I think that's why, how I watched it. Crave, that is. And um, I haven't looked it up. I know last year there was a real kerfuffle because the short tracks weren't airing. Uh, so all the other territories outside of uh, Canada and America, it airs on Netflix. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I know that there was a kerfuffle because they didn't put them out episode by episode on Netflix. They were putting them out all at once. Right. So I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look up to see if they're doing that this year. But uh, hopefully they fix that for our international fans because I know that's uh, nobody likes to be left behind. We don't like being left behind here in Canada. I'm sure you don't like being left behind elsewhere. Everyone else. Everyone, everyone else. Yes. All right. Well, are we going to bang off these last couple of things before we get to our watch list? Or what? yeah, let's let's just uh, yeah maybe maybe do a couple sentences on each of these. And we we have a few things that we haven't caught up on. I don't know if we want to go as far back as uh, we 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 had held off on talking about Spider Man Far From Home because uh, Jaime hadn't seen it last time we reconnected. Right, um, right. So we could sum that up with good, enjoyable. It's already available on Blu-ray. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Well worth a nice little epilogue to uh, the Avengers Endgame. Certainly a little more little more uplifting after the you know bit of a bummer at the end of Endgame. I'm trying to remember. Did we? Did you and I go see that in the theater? I can't remember. Yeah, so. yeah. You and I and uh, and Save One saw that. And, yeah, okay. yeah. and Stranger Things season three. What did you think of that? Uh, I certainly enjoyed it. I think more than season two. Okay. Season it was shorter. Two. It seemed shorter. Uh, well, it went back to eight episodes. So it was eight episodes for oh, first okay. season, nine for season two, and then eight for season three. So it went back by an episode. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the sort of teen angsty kind of stuff. That was funny. There was lots mm-hmm. of humor played through that. The boys versus the girls and, yeah. and you know, uh, some, you know, obviously they're becoming teenagers and there's romance and stuff like that. That was funny. Um, it was certainly a little more lighthearted, I felt. Season two is a real slog. You know, yeah. the, that poor kid who, 
you know, he's abducted in the, in the uh, upside down for the whole first season. And then in the second season, he's like tortured and, you know, screaming and, you know, having fevers and stuff like that. It was nice to see that. But then, you know, there's a lot of angst through that one as well of mm-hmm. you know relationships fraying and girls versus you know you're you know do you spend more time with your buddies do you spend more time with the girls that was a whole dynamic so that got a little little tedious at times but uh but yeah i liked it yeah it was all right and, well one thing that's that's been not i think it's a spoiler but the reveals that the three movies are connected as one big giant story too yeah the director had said that yeah and we cool. got a little teaser for season four for that too they just put up a teaser last week oh yeah saying okay. that uh, we're not in hawkins anymore so they're going to take it outside of that little town which for the first time will be interesting all right okay yeah. good omens good omens what do you think of good omens i enjoyed it the book was much better well yeah that, that goes I, en- I enjoyed it because i like two actors they were really really quite charming I, I enjoyed them and their performances very much yeah it did seem pretty short but then i've, I've read a bunch of neo gaming gaming stuff in the last three or two or three years so they the story's all kind of they're very similar they, they all melt together after a while but mm-hmm. yeah so so uh i did enjoy good omens um tv show it was interesting yeah again very pretty nice interesting to watch and yeah you definitely watched that and and you know you paid attention while you watched it. well and apparently it was uh so neil gaiman was very involved in the creation of that tv show mm-hmm. and apparently did such a good job he's going to be the showrunner for the sandman series that they've oh, long wow. been pushing out there so um you know if that was an audition for what he's capable of that's awesome cool. i'm like very more excited for Sandman than i was before all right um the boys no, or the boys now okay no, wait the boys is the b- movie that uh, friend of the show justin's working on is that the one yes he's working on season two i think they just wrapped up actually yeah um yeah so one of our relations is working he's a sound and and pyrotechnics and stuff and lighting and things so yeah. he's been working on that show um which is actually filmed like next door to where i work right yeah because i see these, these signs you know saying that i forget what it, the sign says but it's like it's not them but it is them kind of thing anyway um well, we joked about that we went to we went to uh massey or not Massey Hall to uh, Roy Thompson Hall, which it, it doubles for the uh, headquarters of the super team yes, and yeah, the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there for a show a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I, I liked it. It was, it, I think it was pretty good. Um, we can't wait for season number two. Of course, the twisty end at the end. I mean, did, yep. did, let me tell me you didn't see that coming. Well, I did, but I've read the entire comic. Oh, have you? Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you have seen it coming if you hadn't read the? Yes, totally. It was very, very, very telegraphed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, it's uh, funny, but, it's, no, it's, but nonetheless. I thought it was good. Like I, I really enjoyed all the actors, and I really thought that they they had a lot of depth to it for a show that really wasn't that long. It was only was it six episodes, eight episodes, something like that. Yeah, really sure. um, it was. Uh, they actually sort of gave a lot of depth to the characters, and and you know, you sort of understood their motivations and who they were and stuff. Yeah. I, I it's, a well bit, it's a bit. It's a bit like uh, it's a bit like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because our hero, the, the the protagonist, is a bit like Arthur Dent. You know, sort of fish out of water. Yep. You know, kind of thing happening there, right? Like, yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to it. Doom Patrol. I Doom think Patrol. I, I think I just binged through the through the through that show uh, again. What really wasn't paying attention to it. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, what did you think? Let's ask you first. I guess I I loved it. I really did. I I, <laughs> I wasn't sure what to make of it because uh, it was some... different from that perspective. I mean, like it, like most like I said, you know, how many cop shows can you watch? How many doctor shows can you watch? Okay, so how many superhero shows can you watch? It is unlike anything else. Exactly. That's what I mean. And it's that I will different. give it. 
full marks for, uh, like they took huge swings. Sometimes it didn't connect, yeah. but they took huge swings on that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, the characters, their arcs, how deeply flawed, like damn right unlikable some of those times those characters were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are very, very flawed characters. Um, every single one of them has very unlikable traits, and yet you do find yourself rooting for them and invested in their relationships with each other. And yeah. uh, that one went a little longer. I think it was more episodes, 15 episodes or something like that. So it was a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I just admired the hell out of that show. I like the weirdness of it. I always liked that comic book. It was always one of my favorites because it was just really far out there. They fight really weird villains. They have really weird existential, you know, storylines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was worried that when I heard they were going to do a show that it would be a little sanitized. Uh, but it was, you know, it was pretty raw and it was pretty gross. Uh, and it was funny and raunchy. And, uh, and I, in the same way that I really enjoyed that happy series for, again, just taking huge swings. Uh, I'm happy to have shows that are really trying to do something else and not just be a story of the week monster show, right. superheroes beat the bad guys show. Yeah, cool. All right, well, let's get to the watch list. We get, we're not going to do Jaime's watch list thing because he's not here. Yeah, yeah. On that. Um, all right, So in. I got a couple things. Um, I'm not sure when we're going to get back at this. I don't know if we're going to keep doing them based on these short treks. Maybe we'll do some short ones over the next few weeks. So I'll just do a couple of quick ones that are coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to get the season premiere of uh, the final season of Arrow. Uh, it's going to be a short season, only 10 episodes apparently, and it is going to be focused on the adaptation of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which we've talked about before. So they're going to do this huge uh, across all of the DC shows, including uh, Black Lightning. They're going to bring back all these characters, including characters from, now we know from over the summer, we're going to bring back characters from Smallville, mm-hmm. from Lois and Clark, from some of the movies, from Burt Ward from the 1966 Batman series. They're going to bring back all these different characters to be part of this, and it's all going to be built around this Arrow show. So I was getting a little bit tired of Arrow over the last couple of seasons. It was starting to sort of wear on me a little bit. It was getting a little bit sort of bad guy of the weekish kind of stuff. Right. Uh, this I'm I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait to see how they bring all this together. Um, they certainly have earned my trust with lots of good stories over the years, especially when they do these crossover ones. They've had a long time to build up to it. So uh, let's see if the payoff works out. But I'm I'm dying to see what happens. And on October 15th, we're going to get the first episode. So that's cool. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And the other one that I'll flag as well is is Watchmen. So HBO's Watchmen series starts on October 20th, uh, which is about a week and a half away. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to that one. Although, again, we talked about this previously. We've seen the trailers. We've sort of read a little bit about it. It's really hard to gauge where they're going with this. They've said it's not a strict adaptation, of course. We've already seen a movie version of this. Uh, very, very seminal work of in a graphic novel. I'm How close was the movie to the novel? Quite, quite. Oh, okay. There were some, some obvious, you know, differences because Watchmen, the book, is very much of its time. It's built in Cold War America. It's very much focused on that culture. Um, it's it's of its time. This, they tried to sort of modernize it a little bit and change things up. It's good. It's not by any means great, but it's good. Okay. But the TV series looks like it's just sort of set in that world, but not necessarily grounded to that storyline. So it's, again, we talked about this with superhero shows. How many dystopia shows can you have? You know, we've got Handmaid's Tale. We've got, you know, all these things about, well, what happens after the, you know, society and fascism and, and all these different elements that sort of come into play. Okay. <laughs> I trust the people who are working on the show. They're smart. They're good creators. I trust HBO as the makers of quality television. So I will absolutely give this show a watch. I'm, I'm infinitely curious to see what they're going to do with it. The cast seems interesting, mm-hmm. but I'm going into this one with, you know, a little bit of trepidation as to 
adding the name Watchmen to something. Watchmen in comics is an incredibly high bar. Right, you yeah. wouldn't dare compare Watchmen the comics to a, another comic. That would be, you know, obviously just, putting it at the yeah. highest pedestal, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I, I worry about putting that on a, a TV show mm-hmm. and it not delivering. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right, and the last one. The last one I had was, and again, I don't know if we're going to get back at it before this, but I did want to flag that we're only right now, not just about a month away from the launch of Disney Plus. And we talked about Disney Plus earlier in this episode. Um, there is a ton of stuff in the works for Disney Plus, but right off the hop, the first thing that we're going to get, and one of the reasons why people might want to jump in earlier than later is The Mandalorian. Right. Uh, we've seen a couple trailers for this. Are we getting Disney Plus in Canada? We are getting it on the same day, same launch day. So it's on November 12th. We'll be able to so we're not going to see this is the only place to watch The Mandalorian. Only place you can watch it. It is an exclusive. So uh, we've seen a couple trailers. It looks really interesting. It looks like that sort of grittier, darker sort of uh, Tatooine mob side of of the Star Wars universe. Uh, it doesn't look like it's rooted on any of our established characters. So this is really the first time that Star Trek is, or Star Trek Star Wars has done that thing mm-hmm. that we've always talked about wanting it to do, which is to stop focusing on nostalgia and start expanding the universe. So I'm very very curious to see if this pays off the way that it potentially could. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So now now to me. Over to me. Over to you. So, so yeah, I went and saw a movie called Ad Astra from uh, which was at TIFF again, but I didn't. I, I saw it in the theaters, and it was just mm-hmm. you know had some time. It came out, wanted to go see it in IMAX in this case. And uh, you love a space movie. I love it. I love me a space movie, especially ones with suspended animation, long long travel, and so it, it take. It's interesting. It takes place like you know. I, I don't think it's any spoiler to sort of say that he's looking for his father, who happens to be Tommy Lee Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at, you know, and, and it's sort of like he's disappeared, and and uh, they got a signal back from around Neptune or something. Uh, he seems to be there. He's been there for 16 years. I don't know what he ate for 16 years or who <laughs> there for 16 years. But uh, yeah, so so he and a bunch of people survive up there. And um, there's a there's a, an effect that their being there has on on the rest of the world uh, that's that's causing uh, uh, issues. And that's why Brad Pitt's character is, is meant to go and sort of investigate, not necessarily go and rescue his dad kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of it, it, the moon is a sort of it's it's where it, it's very realistic from the point of view of where they think space exploration is going like you know you go from the earth to the moon actually he it begins with brad pitt working as an astronaut mm-hmm. on a big giant antenna that shoots up out of the earth so high up into the sky that you have to wear an astronaut's uniform suit to work on this this antenna mm. like it's actually connected to the ground and it goes all the way up into space right so this big mm. giant antenna but um but the moon is a stepping but there's a colony on the moon and it's all developed and built up so it's kind of like flying from here to la to australia kind of thing you know so mm-hmm. like so if you think of the moon is sort of like lax kind of thing right um so he goes from the moon and then he goes to mars and mars is where they where the sort of connection to um to uh uh the neptune mission is springing from and it's all sort of like you know uh, need to know kind of basis kind of story and and uh, but like i said he's just been there to explore and uh so like, investigate i mean so he, he wasn't really going to go but then, of course you know being a brad pitt movie he has to sort of hold a tom cruise card and you know jump on a spaceship and go off and save the day kind of thing right mm-hmm. it's a bit of um it was the space movie with Sandra Bullock gravity gravity it's a bit it's got a bit gravity ish like there's a lot of very unrealistic space events that happen mm-hmm. that you know chances of survival are, are slim to none and yet you know our hero you know gets through unscathed you know um doesn't even have to break out a band-aid in the entire movie <laughs> um you know and there's you know some sort of Laura Croft kind of leaping from one chasm to the other and grabbing on with his fingers you know again totally realistic mm-hmm. um my one complaint about the movie 
besides the fact is where did they get the food that they ate during these long space travels? He actually, well, yeah, there's one point there where he has to travel a long way. Mm-hmm. Got some stubble on his face like you have right now, right? And when he arrives back on Earth at the end and takes his helmet off, the stubble has not grown. Okay. So, I mean, I mentioned this to Mark on, on More Than Just Code, and, and he said, well, maybe he shaved the day before he arrived, just, you know, because he knew he was coming back to Earth. And Well, we saw Matt Damon do that in The Martian, right? He, he's shaved? getting picked up, so he shaves off that big beard, right? Because he, oh, he, oh. he wants to look his best if he's going to go meet his fate, right? I guess, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's sort of like you, you kind of expect that they would be more like Castaway, you know, where you got the Robinson Crusoe thing going with the, you know, the rags and the long yeah. hair and the beard or, or Mount Count of Monte Cristo kind of thing, you know. Those are much more realistic portrayals of someone who's been stuck in a place for a long time, you know. I mean, like if you think about it, like like traveling from one planet to another in a, in a small capsule the size of a Volkswagen, you know, yeah. talk about the cramps you'd get, you know, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then again, what do you eat? Where do you, where do you put the food? How do you grow it? You know, like exact all that kind of stuff. And then, but it's interesting too, because there's a couple of characters in the movie who have never actually been to Earth. They were, they were born and raised and now they're adults living, you know, on another planet. Mm. So from that point of view, like the way, the way that space travel happens, like Interstellar, it's very realistic in terms of how, what could possibly happen, notwithstanding the Tesseract and yeah um, so that was really cool so ad Astro is one so and of course i mentioned tiff and i want to talk about three movies i saw at tiff um two of them two of them i actually had tickets for and the third one i i got a free ticket because they, they it was one of the winner uh select ones right so i saw a movie called parasite and it's a korean i believe it's korean um uh, film in with green subtitles and it's it's amazing romp uh it's not very sci-fi ish um but it's got this uh, you know this, this these uh grifters i guess a family of grifters are so poor that they have to grift their way into into higher society. Uh, they end up they end up taking over this house, and you know, first of all, the son goes as an English as a second or as a, as an English teacher mm. to teach his young Korean daughter, um, and then he works his sister in as the art teacher. Although, and they pretend they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, going here, my ears needs my attention. Um, and then uh, then they work the mother in, and the father ends up being a chauffeur, and all. And it just in madness ensues. And then there's it's actually listed as a horror movie, and I'm not going to spoil that for people because it does have a, a interesting climactic ending mm. um, but yeah it's definitely worth watching uh, if, when it comes to Netflix they'll probably run it with an overdub but uh, but even in even in the original in the original language and watching reading the subtitles like, like the jokes were were very successful like you know mm. the, the entire audience would guffaw at the same time once the words came up on the screen and we could see what they're saying right but nice. uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how, how somebody who actually speaks the language re- re- relates to the movie but yeah it's a, a very very good movie um, wouldn't be surprised if it gets nominated for foreign language film at, at mm. the Oscars. That Interesting. Goes. Yeah. Another one I saw, and and this is our, our friend uh, Hillary uh, or Felicity Huffman, who we talked about on the show, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she famously, the day before I saw the movie, had just been convicted and, and sentenced to 14 days in jail for, for <laughs> helping her daughter with her SAT scores. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a movie called Tammy's Always Dying. And what was interesting about this is, is she plays this woman, older woman who smokes. Um, uh, her daughter, the actress who plays her daughter is amazing. And of course, you know, the actors, and when you see these movies, uh, sometimes the actors and stuff come out and they talk about the movie uh, after the show. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm thinking I must have seen another. I must have seen another movie. I saw two. I saw two two movies from the from the um, 
there was a whole uh, uh, steering towards you know supporting women uh, in in things. So so one movie I saw was called uh, I don't remember what it was, but it'll come back to me in a minute. But it was it was written by a couple of women, produced by a couple of women, and of course it had women acting. Oh, the one with um, Heather Graham. I don't know if you heard about that one. Uh, no. She plays a she plays a divorcee who um, her husband dies, her ex husband dies, and leaves the new family penniless. Hmm. And so she's got a daughter, and so the daughter has a stepsister in this new relationship, and so the the new wife moves in with the old wife and the two daughters and they live together for a short period of time and so it's really interesting and it's you know from a from a female perspective it's one of those movies where it's it, it has that i figure i figure what the, the, the stat is but it's two women talking to each other for more than 20 minutes without talking about a man yeah 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 the yeah. bechdel test yeah yeah <coughs> what is it bechdel bechdel test yeah bechdel test yeah so it, it totally passes that and the kids are hilarious and the, the one daughter is totally into texting on her phone you know, at one point the two two younger daughters and the parents are the older parents are, are arguing and you know at each other like you know like cats right and so the the two daughter the two younger daughters jump in the car and they they, they scream off to go and have a, a hamburger at a place where their dad used to take them right but um so the younger daughter her phone rings and she says what is it with old people and phone calls <laughs> text back and leave us alone right that was the best line in the entire movie what is it with the old people in phone calls? um yeah so that was a, and, and what the hell was the name of that movie anyway that that's my fourth pick but tammy's always dying was was an amazing portrayal she plays a, a older alcoholic a woman constantly trying to kill herself and her daughter constantly has to rescue her and it's all about how the daughter's trapped in this this toxic relationship with her mother and there's a whole self-help angle and you know she ends up on TV and stuff but what's amazing about this is it's filmed in Hamilton oh yeah it's so obviously filmed in Hamilton right and Hillary or Felicity Huff I want to call her Hillary all the time Felicity Huffman's is such an amazing actress that she actually sounded like she was from Hamilton oh nice yeah so like totally totally believable as, as a Canadian you know and all that kind of stuff and and regional to, to yeah, our yeah. particular way of talking, right? Especially Hamilton, right? Hmm. That was that was great, and you know, and uh, yeah, like you know, Hamilton itself got got applause at the end of the of the, <laughs> the director came out. And they sort of said, "What locations did you, you choose for this film? It looks so much like Hamilton." He says, "We filmed it in Hamilton, you know. <laughs> it wasn't Toronto standing in for Hamilton. Like no, did. Hamilton's got a pretty distinctive feel. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, the last movie I saw, and again, so so uh, if you're a TIFF member, you get to go to see a one of the winning movies for free and the, the winning the people's choice movie was was jojo rabbit did yep. get into that one yeah um and it was like almost impossible to get in fact i waited i waited in the rush line and the rush line was like probably two hours long and there was no chance and they had like five screens there's no way we would get it to see that but they used to show it at the roy thompson hall right mm-hmm. which would have meant that like it's at three thousand people right yeah yep. we probably could have got into that one although they would have given out three thousand tickets so i guess sitting in the standing in the rush line for that would have been done. yeah exactly um but the movie i did see i got a, I, I i actually called up and and you had to call in there was no online online purchasing of tickets horrible by the way um, but the, for the for the winning tickets you have to call in or go to the box office so I sat on hold with my phone and Carol's phone for like two hours I think Xavier was here that day um, and so I finally got through and I got I got the last ticket for the Midnight Madness screening of which was, wasn't at midnight but that was the, the series that it ran under mm-hmm. called The Platform mm-hmm. and The Platform is is very 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 similar to Cube what it is basically is is you either are convicted of some wrongdoing oh i heard about this one yeah 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 the guy wants to quit smoking so he volunteers to go into the platform for six months and what you end up doing is it's this one it's a concrete bunker right with a hole in the middle and it's one bed on either side and you and you and your cellmate right and this platform they put gorgeous food like they they you know they culinary expertise and all this they pile this platform up with food and it comes down the platform Mm -hmm. right so if you're on platform one you get first dibs at all the food and then platform 
two and so and so and so whatever, right? So he ends up on like platform 36 or whatever. Don't quote me on this, but yep. in, in his first go and every month cha- you change to it, you wake up and you're in a new platform. They drug you and you wait, but you on a new level and it's random in terms of where you end up. At one point he ends up on level six, but you know, he he's on this first platform with this other, this really crazy guy and and uh, he's like, the, the food comes down. The guy just, you know, starts eating all this food and he's like, you know, that's other people's leftovers you're eating and he's like, I'm not eating that and he goes, so he goes, and then and of course when the platform moves down, he spits onto the food, like the, the old guy spits onto the food of the, the people below. Like it's like, you know, the people are defecating and spitting and whatever and riding <laughs> up and down on the platform to go from one level to the other. But then, you know, at one point he ends up on the very, very bottom level or very close to what he thinks is the bottom level. And it's like empty dishes, mm-hmm. right? So it's sort of this whole, this whole sort of thing, like, you know, what would you do to survive in this situation? What would you do as a general, like at one point he's he's imprisoned by, he's in, in his cellmate is one of the people who put him in there mm-hmm. and she's going around and she's like making plates of food and then telling the people below, I'm setting up a plate of food for you and you should do the same thing for the people below you. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of trying to, try to sort of put some sort of, you know, it's a sort of logic into reasoning and civilization and the whole, and yet, you know, the people below are just like, they're just going to dive in and start chewing on stuff as well, right? So, yeah, yeah. But it's sort of, it's this whole sort of twist and it's very similar to the movie Cube in terms of like, how do you get out of the situation? How do you, anyway, so I won't give away the ending, but interesting sci-fi, very sci-fi, pulp fiction-y kind of story, right? So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a, like a 50s pulp book, yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's totally like, you know, like like the premise is disgusting. The whole thing is, disgusting. you know, there's murders and killing and knives and hmm. you, know, you can just imagine, you know, people, the kind of extent that people will go to to survive kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and and yeah, and he's he's sort of like, he's got this this sense of decency to him, right? And and he's, you know, he's very, like, how would a Canadian react in this situation? You know, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You know, amongst Americans or something. Not yeah. to say anything bad against Americans. No, 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 no. Of course not, of course not. Our favorite people that aren't Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I think we, we'll, we'll probably do, um, I think last year we did each one of the, sport, the, the short trucks, we did a, a quick little episode uh, on each one of those. So there's no, no reason to think we wouldn't be back within next week or the week after talk about the triple episode and whatever comes after that and hopefully and then we got to write it out till there's no Avengers movies anymore so we can't really no other reason for us to come back right? well we'd have to decide there's a couple things coming up is uh, the Terminator movies coming out we can decide Terminator. if we want to yeah, we, we can decide if we want to go see Terminator right right I just uh, Batman. Jojo oh, Rabbit is coming wait we're gonna go see Terminator what are you talking about okay well you know what I'm saying it's yeah. whether we whether or not our third partner in crime is gonna be uh, watching it as well yeah, yeah. what's the um, name uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, with the J, uh, yeah, yeah, Lo, the, the J Lo or something like that. J Lo, that's it. J Lo, yeah, J Lo, yeah, yeah. J Lo Junior. Yeah, um, yeah. No, there's there's still a few movies coming out over the next little bit too that we have to sort of decide whether or not we want to recap. But uh, yeah, and then you know we, we obviously people who are looking for some regular routine in our schedules will be uh, looking ahead to January when we can start sinking our teeth into Picard for uh, for a couple months sure. in a row. So sure. yeah. all right. So hey, Jonathan, if people want to get in touch with you on the interwebs, where will they find you? You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram as at JPK News. My name is Dimitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. So until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. That concludes another episode of SpotCast, streamed to you via subspace signal. I'm friend of the show, Greg Keo, joining you from Sector 001. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the SpotCast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with your Star Trek nerd hosts on the website or follow them on Twitter. They're at SpotCast. If you have feedback or questions, 
send them a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending it to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount of gold press latinum at patreon.com slash spotcast. You can find details on how to help them out on the website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Wishing you peace and long life. We didn't talk about uh, Batwoman. We didn't. Forgot about I forgot about Batwoman. You want to save that one for Jaime for next week? Well, we can do. We can do a bit of an after show on it. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, not the strongest pilot I've ever seen. Was that was a pilot? That was the pilot. So that was okay. the first episode. That was the pilot. Did you know that Bruce Wayne was Batman? <gasps> this just in. What? I love that uh, my my favorite what the hellism in that show was there and then again spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it yet um it's not a really spoilerific show so far but no. um there's a scene where in Bruce's office mm-hmm. which his cousin Kate mm-hmm. is in mm-hmm. she sees uh Martha Wayne's pearls right. hanging on a string right. and she in a, in a pyramid yeah in a pyramid and that is just a clue that leads her to another mystery and everything yeah. else yeah. in every telling of the murder of of Bruce Wayne's parents. They spill. They spill all over the ground. Yeah. Does he go back and get them? Does he collect wipe them? Wipe the blood off of them or whatever. Yeah. So that one kind of lost me a little bit. But I, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of intrigued about this one. Uh, the Batwoman comics that have been done over the last sort of six, eight years. Uh, some of them are fantastic. I love them. And and really good storytellers, amazing artists. There's been some really interesting Kate Kane Batwoman stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan of the character and. And, um, and again, as far as steps forward in, in television, obviously having a gay character uh, as the lead is a yeah. huge step forward. So that's great to see. I can't say that I loved Ruby Rose so far. I did not think she was particularly that's strong. That's No, she's the the lead actress, the one who plays Kate. Um, oh, oh, Ruby Rose is her name? Is her name, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I can't say that I thought she was particularly strong as an actress. I've only ever seen her in a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Orange is the New Black and a couple of other things. Um, okay. She's a little one note for me. Now, maybe she's playing it really subdued maybe she's going for a sort of nouveau bruce wayne thing yeah but i found it a little bit like her range wasn't where i'd like it to be um maybe we'll see better you know again pilots are never the best example of what a show is going to be it usually takes them at least you know four or five episodes to really sort of find it so i'm i'm in i'll, I'll watch it right. but uh but not wasn't not didn't knock my socks off what'd you think uh yeah uh, meh. yeah yeah it the thing is the shows that i think i prefer out of the dc stuff that they're showing right now on CW, I like The Flash and I like Supergirl the best. Yeah. And part of the reason I love those is that they are atypical to the superhero stories which we see so much from DC, which are really kind of heavy and grimy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Arrow show and uh, and Black Lightning and um, even, well, Legends can be a little bit goofy too, although there has been some sort of dark storylines in there too, but th- those ones are really sort of moody and dark and th- 
that's what this one felt like. It feels like, as you said, it's like another cop show. It's another, it's another Batman show. It's, oh, you know, villain of the week. And, and there's an overarching plot that lasts over the season. And then there's a new big bad for the next season. It's very Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, like, mm-hmm. but not as charming, funny, or well written. Right, um, right. So again, I'll give it the benefit. I'm certainly in, if only for the fact that it's going to be part of this big infinite Earths crossover. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, you know, there's certainly room for growth in there. I think it's interesting where they're going with it. I'm glad that they're putting more women in the front roles. I think it's great that they're putting more uh, LGBTQ uh, plus characters in those roles, uh, particularly the one who actually is that. That's another nice step forward too. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So like, again, great as far as uh, inclusion, but I think it's also, you got to make a good show. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm enjoying uh, Stump Down better. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I haven't tuned in for that one yet, although I, I've read a bit of the comic and um, so, and I like Kobe Smulders. I think she's good. So Yeah, it, it's a bit, it's kind of like a tamer version of Jessica Jones. Yeah, it's like, what if Jessica Jones was on uh, regular network television? Yeah, and, and couldn't swear and drink as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she does drink a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, I've watched two episodes so far. It's, it definitely got my attention, you know, for yeah. a lot of reasons, you know, because I, I just don't watch cop shows anymore. And mind you, I'm watching The Rookie, so what, well, there you go. You know, it's got Nathan Fillion in it, right? So Yeah, that's another one. I, I never watched any of it. I watched all of Castle because, again, I, I like Nathan a lot. I think he's funny and, and charming and, uh, and very, again, he just, he plays a very likable character. Yeah. But Castle got really the same thing. It's like a crime of the week procedural, you know, they did have some good, you know, really interesting twisty ones in there, but a lot of it was just sort of crime of the week. And as soon as you see the face that you recognize, you're like, well, that's clearly going to be the person who actually committed the crime because you wouldn't want to have an anonymous person. It has to be a good guest star, you know, like it was, right, right. you know, network TV is unfortunately a little too formulaic at this point and the formulas are all programmed into my cerebral cortex. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see how it turned out. It was yeah. an experiment. It was folks. an experiment. Yeah, right. you get what you get. You get a couple of goons talking about it's sci-fi funny. stuff and trying out stuff. Pictures of me picking my nose while he's you know talking. That's probably what you were going to get though. Probably. We apologize. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But you, you have to know where your horizon is, right? You got to. Well, I mean, the problem is my camera's up there. Right? Yeah. Right? And and I'm looking at you over there. Yeah, I moved. At one point, I had you sort of off to this side, and then I centered you so that at least I beat the camera would be right over your head, so it's closer yeah, to I the did, middle. I did the same thing too. Too, but look up but i'm recording on my side so I, again i don't know what like like right now i'm talking and yet the green line is around your face so mm. well we'd appreciate your feedback folks tell us what you think uh i can change the view up next week so you don't have to look at howard and uh, marty you can i'll got some other um, posters and something about- so uh why don't we pause our recording and we'll say goodbye and then i have bye. a cu- couple of follow-up questions for you so all right so uh, oh, all right bye, everyone stop, stop recording bye Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-